0: Welcome to the Grace Story Podcast, where inspiring stories are brought to life. This podcast is made possible by Grace College and Seminary, located on the shores of Winona Lake in the great state of Indiana. I'm your host, Dr. Drew Flam. This is the Grace Story Podcast. Today, we welcome Brent Mincarelli, Dean of Chapel and Community Life to the podcast. Brent works with Chapel, Housing, and Student Involvement at Grace, He received his Master's of Divinity from Grace Seminary and a Bachelor's Degree in Science from Calvary Bible College in Kansas City, Missouri. Prior to becoming Dean of the Chapel, he served as R.D. at Grace. He also teaches part-time in the seminary and in undergraduate classes. When he's not chaplaining, you can find Brent hanging out with his wife Amy or likely in a tree stand somewhere looking for a deer to cross his path. Brent? Welcome to the podcast. That is very, very true. Thank you. I ask you often about this deer thing because <laughs> it still confounds me uh, why so much joy can be found sitting in a tree stand for hours, hoping and praying that a deer might cross your path for a millisecond. So, explain to all of us, and me in particular, who has never hunted, the love <laughs> of hunting. Okay.
1: Okay. I have, I have an illustration or something to compare it to, but you you may laugh when I make the comparison here. <laughs> I probably okay? will, yes. Right. So the closest thing I would compare hunting to is gardening. Another thing I try to avoid, <laughs> good. So most people laugh at me when I try to compare, you know, hunting an animal versus sure. growing a vegetable, but you put in a lot of hard work and effort preparing, right, for a short season or time Yes. where you can actually harvest something and I, need, I think I need to just get you out there because there's there's something about it that you can't quite quantify or explain the way your heart will start to race when you actually see a deer starting to move toward you. To the point where even if a squirrel starts to move toward you, at first you might be a little excited or think it's a deer, right? And your heart starts racing and you turn and it's a squirrel that's about to try to attack you in the tree versus walk in front of you like a deer normally does. but. Honestly, gardening would be the closest. Gardening is
0: the... uh, So I have to ask about this this word, harvest. (laughs) Okay. Like... Um, I think of you know harvest when we grow things yeah. and and they get bright and beautiful. Yet in the deer world, harvest <laughs> essentially means kill. It does. I was trying to use a kind word. Yes, you
1: know, so that we could we could avoid that word. But yes, <laughs> kill would be the the correct would be word the to appropriate use. one. That, yes. that uh,
0: I have noticed you deer people use the word harvest. That yeah, is I, interesting.
1: I also normally ask people when when's the last time they had a steak as well, and if they enjoyed that steak, and you know that takes. Harvesting, if you want to use my word, or, yes. or killing. As I well. do.
0: Yeah. I do enjoy the results of harvesting, <laughs> um, and partake quite significantly in the meat-eating endeavors of harvesting. So, thank you for your work. <laughs> You're um, welcome. I will willingly eat yeah. some of your venison chili. <laughs> okay. Um, without ever having to go out at 4 a.m. and sit in a tree no, stand I'm, for a couple hours. I'm actually hours. committed
1: now to getting you out there
0: <laughs> and have ways of doing that. Probably so. the more I make fun of you and the more I bring it up yes. in public settings, the more you will ensure that happens. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. going to happen. All right, so uh, more importantly, let's talk about um, your role here at Grace as dean of chapel and um, community life. Uh, tell me, what does a uh, typical day... And the life of a chaplain at Grace look like. Okay. Uh, On on a chapel day specifically. Okay,
1: yeah, on a chapel day. Um, So normally coming in, trying to get a couple of uh, projects done in the office, whether it's email or any sort of preparations that need to be finished up for chapel. And then usually about an hour or so before I'm heading over to our Manahan Orthopedic Capital Center where we hold chapel, uh, making sure details are set. I have a really great student team uh, that helps me with chapel as well. And they cover a lot of details morning of, so checking in with them and making sure they're set, uh, introducing myself to speakers, making sure they feel welcome, making sure the tech team is all set. I, I have a very big behind the scenes role in regards to chapel, uh, while also being the face of chapel for, for the school as well. So once, once chapel has started, uh, finishes up, Uh, I'm heading back to the office, and usually the majority of those days I'm meeting with students for the rest of the afternoon. Certainly there's some staff meetings involved as well, but it's grown. It's somewhere in the 10 to 12 hours a week now where I meet one-on-one in a pastoral counseling type setting with students, and we're talking about everything in regards to life. It could be family, friends, relationships. Uh, school, future, career, you, you name it, and I probably have spoken with a student about it. So I enjoy that. That's my favorite part of the mm-hmm. job is to sit one-on-one with students and be able to process life and do discipleship. Uh, so, yeah.
0: Do you think uh, has that grown because students see you – up front as a bit of a spiritual leader on campus and they seek you out for your input and advice?
1: I think so. I, I think uh, the longer I'm here, the more comfortable I've had students feel coming to me. Uh, I, I always try to invite them on a consistent basis from the chapel stage to come find me, uh, that we have a lot of people here on campus that care enough to, to talk with them, but that my door is always open to them. Uh, and student affairs and Grace is just really generous in the way they allow me to meet with students and sit with them in a in a counseling setting in that way, in a pastoral counseling setting that way. So yeah, I think I think they're just comfortable with me, and um, word starts to spread when you keep confidences with students and you help them out in different ways. More students
0: start to find you. You mentioned your student leaders and their engagement. How many student leaders are involved with chapel? Mm-hmm. Where do you get them from? Yeah. Uh, what do they do? Uh, and and you know, as you interact with other schools, how does that compare or contrast with how others might do their chaplain programs? Yep. So I hire
1: specifically on my chapel uh, student leader team. There's around six to seven students, uh, and and they help me in two different ways. They're helping me logistically with making sure each chapel runs the way it's supposed to. So that could be uh, greeting speaker, making sure they have a microphone, making sure transitions are set. There's a lot of, when it's, quote-unquote, their week to coordinate, that individual person's week to coordinate, there's a lot of logistical details that they're responsible for. Um, and then they're also helping me brainstorm content. There's there's probably three or four chapels a uh, semester that my student leadership team is in, is involved in or in charge of Trying to plan, execute, make happen. So, and I, I really try to leave it up to them, right? They get to plan speakers, topics. Uh, it's, it's their theirs to plan. And I, I tend to be the veto card that shows up, like, no, I don't know if we're going to do that one, but let's keep down this path. So it's kind of a two pronged approach there. Um, but if you include Chapel Band, which is all student led as well, I mean we're getting up in the 20 to 30 range of number of students that are involved in putting on chapel. And I, and I love that about our our chapel program and to to your question, I think that's what differentiates our chapel program in a lot of different ways from other schools is while I have ultimate oversight over chapel, it is very student led, student driven and is planned for students. So, to have them be on the front lines of making sure chapel's happening and even planning it. Uh, it it just draws in students in different ways, um, and and they think about chapel differently uh, than maybe I would or you would. So, to have them be a part of that brainstorming and creating content that way is is really really helpful.
0: So really, it's it's um, by students for students rather than just put on for students. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. They they are the ones. They
1: they have a lot more control over it than maybe students would at other institutions, and that helps me uh, find topics that are going to be close to them that they need to hear as well. It also empowers students to be on stage. You know, they get this opportunity to be in front of students, have a microphone in their hand, and our our chapels average somewhere in the eight to nine hundred range. So to give students the opportunity, the platform to be in front of their fellow students and speak. More times than not, when I put a student on stage, I, I have more attention from from the student body than, than when I don't. So it's pretty powerful, pretty cool to see.
0: How do you handle that? I mean, you're um, an experienced leader. You have an MDiv. Uh-huh. And you have these students, and I believe your, your, uh, chapel team aren't necessarily all Bible majors, right? Planning. They, they come from all various disciplines. Yeah. Yeah. Intentionally. You're, mm-hmm. you're trying to represent the student body as a whole. And, yep. um, so, you know, they're not going to be as polished, as wonderful as our students are <laughs> not as polished or yes. prepared or so you're going to have mistakes or fumblings mm-hmm. whether it's in their presentation or in their handling of the details or even in their I'm a bit of a type A personality yeah. uh, who you know one would want to have control over th- everything. how do you help yourself like see that as part of the whole discipleship movement
1: Yeah, and I have to right I have to that has to be a part of my uh, mentality as I approach this. I I will tell you I put a lot, I have one team lead, a student team lead. And I put a lot of pressure on that student to make sure our ducks are in a row, that things are taken care of, that announcements have been practiced, uh, that that people aren't just going to try to read off their phone or something like that. So I do put a lot of pressure on them. But I, I think the biggest and honestly, in leadership, one of the most important things that you can have is feedback. So I try to commit to them that I don't expect perfection out of them, but they can expect a lot of feedback from me. So we actually spend a lot of time. Uh, I'll meet one on one with all my students. And if they were on stage that week, chances are I have the YouTube video pulled up and we're going to watch them uh, together. And, Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to have to tell me not not just did it go well or not. They're going to have to tell me what they did well and what they didn't go well. And I, I talk with them so much about about feedback and the the need for it, the importance of it. And as they as they move on, one of the biggest things I want them to take away is the fact that they need consistent feedback in regards to leadership, life, spirituality. They need to get used to hearing feedback and not being defensive about it and giving themselves a chance to do better. And that's, that's where it's a lot of fun. When you see my student lead currently last year, uh, her name is Emily. She hated being on stage. She hated being on stage. And she's, she's actually been... Uh, given three or four or five extra opportunities this year to speak in front of big groups because of how well she's done speaking on stage. So one of the best parts of the job is just watching students grow in that way um, and grow in confidence in that way. So. so it's
0: really not about perfection. It's about the process Oh yeah, for students. And therefore, you're OK with, you know, this isn't gonna always go yeah. exactly as maybe you'd like it to go in your head, but that's okay because it's it's about them learning and growing. That's right, both in the leadership and from the seats um, as students who are yeah. learning from from those coming in. And
1: we have we have our moments. I mean, there are certainly days where I walk in and can sense this is not what we planned, or I can see where this is headed. This is not going to go well. And end up having to have you know difficult conversations with them, or you know we have to laugh about it afterward, and then have a serious conversation <laughs> about how this is a public event. We need to take it seriously and be professional. So, we certainly have our days, but I'm I'm very committed to feedback yeah. uh, for them and and for myself that way too.
0: I think that's a really neat aspect of the Grace culture, yeah. um, and and also what we do. Um, in chapels is giving students that opportunity yeah. to lead, to do well, to fail, to yep. grow. Um, that's really awesome. One of the things often folks want to know is like how do you decide who comes and speaks in chapel? Um, yeah. You know, you, you have to be very careful about guarding mm-hmm. the microphone that is going to speak into the life of our students. Yep. Um, you have to think deeply and prepare long in advance for that, how do you go about it? I mean, do you make all those decisions, you know, the day before? Do you, I mean, how, well, tell us your process for speaker selection in chapel.
1: Yeah, most of my process is very collaborative. So ultimately, I would have a final say in most speakers coming to campus. The majority of speakers that are here are given to me by reference from someone on campus, whether it be a student or another staff or faculty member. Uh, and I prefer that. That's, that's a wonderful way to bring speakers in. We, we tend to be a pretty close knit community here. And so to, to be working with others on campus to bring in speakers I think just strengthens that uh, and ends up being a really positive thing for everyone on campus. So most of the time I'll have someone say, I know this person or I've heard this person speak, uh, send me a link or a video and then I start doing some background work. And there is, there's a certain level of responsibility that I have to have um, for speakers on stage and making sure that, um, that they match or fit who we are. Um, so I take that seriously, but also want to trust you know those in our community that they're also bringing speakers forward that, that are good. So I like to collaborate with different offices. Uh, so we collaborate with Career Connections, with our Institute for Global Studies. I, I collaborate with our Res Life and Student Involvement offices. I've collaborated with our alumni office to do at a chapel like that every year. So there's a variety of offices, uh, even with CE. CE National brings in some speakers each year. So I love collaborating with people and uh, yeah, and bringing in speakers that way. Our faculty, I'm asking them constantly, is there someone who in your field is is doing faith integration really well? Which that's, that's the main thing I'm after in chapel is teaching our students, no matter what the topic is, to integrate their faith into that topic. So no topics off limits, right? As long as we're doing good faith integration. So love partnering with people. That is by far the best way to bring in speakers to the
0: chapel stage. So far this year, um, who have been some of the highlighted speakers that you know students are, for good reasons, still talking about now um, that maybe they heard in the fall or earlier um, this semester? Who are some of those speakers that really yeah. uh, are highlighted?
1: Yeah, a few of them that have been talked about quite a bit. Uh, I think of Pastor Jeff Bogue. He gave a really good challenge to our students uh, about what it means to follow Jesus and he did it in such a way that it I, I pressed students to let go of some of maybe the littler or smaller issues that they were maybe holding on to, those roommate conflicts or those things that they like to complain about maybe on a weekly basis that they don't need to be focused on. And he, and he really challenged them about what does it mean to follow Jesus. So he he was a great one. A couple pastors in this area, uh, Kondo and Fuque, uh, always, always uh, – gets a good response from our students, and they really enjoy him. Um, and then Pastor Lonnie Anderson, uh, he, he just brings so much passion to the chapel stage every time he speaks that students are just blown away when when they hear him speak. So those would be the three that come off uh, my mind as well. We also have some really good speakers that are coming up this semester, um, Shy Lin, uh, is coming to speak. He's also going to perform. His wife's going to be here. Oh, cool! Hopefully, do some spoken word for us as well. So I'm really excited for that. That's on our day of worship, um, our our day when we cancel classes and have an extended three hour chapel service that day. So really excited to have him here, um, and he's going to be focused on unity or having unity with one another. So that's going to be a really good opportunity. We'll have uh, Dr. Smith from Beeson Divinity School. Uh, is a really well-known preacher and speaker, and I- I'm just really, really excited to have him here as well. So, yeah, looking forward to this this upcoming eight weeks as well.
0: That's awesome. And uh, many of those you mentioned are pastors, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. that's not necessarily all you have in chapel that's right. are pastors. Um, you, you'll bring in other speakers on mm-hmm. topics that are really important to where our students are right now, yep. and uh, you know, this year you focused some on civil discourse mm-hmm. and what does it mean to disagree well. Yeah. Um, how has that gone? A discussion mm-hmm. about it has a civil discussion happened about civil discourse. <laughs> um, who have you brought in to have some of those conversations, and you know, why why that topic?
1: Yeah. So I really my view of chapel is one where no topics off limits. I don't want to replace the local church. I want to emphasize to our students that they should be going to a local church. So our chapel in no way is meant to replace that. We're going to do some things that you do in church: sing. You're going to have messages from scripture, but that is that the point is not to replace church. So with that, I do take the opportunity to focus in on some important topics: politics. Um, areas in our culture that need to be spoken to, sexuality, all these different areas that I think a well-equipped student leaving Grace College needs to have time to think about and think well about. So again, faith integration. I want them to incorporate their faith into those topics. So yeah, this year, we, <clears throat> I wanted to, to try, take a risk, and Pick some topics that I knew people disagreed about, even as Christians, that we might disagree about. Like and, hunting? <laughs> or... yeah. Well, you might disagree with <laughs> oh, hunting, okay. right? But I, yeah, right. No, it was a little bit more disagreeable. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. A little bit more. A little bit more. Little bit more. Um, pick, pick some topics, put some people at a table, and let them just discuss it. And the rest of us were supposed to be flies on the wall. And then at the end of that discussion, I actually give students the chance to text in questions. And then I'm I'm kind of filtering through those questions and trying to find the ones that are being asked repeatedly or the most, and then offer those to the people at the table as well. So uh, we, we've done this a couple of different times, and I, I picked some interesting topics, some difficult ones. So one of them I picked was immigration, which is a pretty hot-button mm. issue right now. But that's the point. That's that's why I picked it, was because we're hearing so much about it, right, in the political arena, uh, on the news. I mean, it, it's just been all over the news the past year so to give our students a chance to think about that topic from different perspectives, right? To hear from different perspectives felt like a really, really important thing to do. I I would say it went decently well. Uh, I, I would have loved, I was thinking about this a little bit earlier and thinking, Sometimes when we as believers sit around the table, we emphasize a little bit more civility than we do discourse. (laughs) Rather, if we're on social media or seeing someone talk on TV, you can see a little bit more discourse than civility. So Uh. I think it's something I want to continue to try. And I want to continue to invite people from different perspectives to sit and show students how to disagree well. Because I think I think it's being lost. It's being lost not only in our culture, but also in in Christian culture and in our community as well, where we're we're losing this ability to sit across from someone and be curious about uh, what they think or what they believe when it's different than me. Hmm. It, It seems like there's this growing trend of, if you don't agree with me, then we no longer need to talk about it anymore. We should just avoid the subject. And I think we're getting to a point where in our country and our culture, it's important to be curious with people about what they believe in and why and try to understand who they are. And so I'm hoping our students just catch a glimpse of that in chapel where they learn to be curious about other people and not just stop or end a conversation because they hear someone Hmm. saying something that they don't agree with because they're bound to have that happen when they leave. Right. I mean... They're just bound to have that happen in their career, in their neighborhoods, where, wherever they might be, even in church, where they disagree with someone. But they've got to learn how to continue to build bridges in light yeah. of those
0: disagreements. I'm I'm am uh I'm stuck on something you said that seems profound to me, which is when when we are at a distance, mm-hmm. it's easy to disagree. Um, and be uncivil about it. Yeah. And sometimes when we're within proximity, uh, we don't want to have the friction mm-hmm. that disagreement can cause, and so yeah. we aim for the civility. And it's almost backwards. Like like it it, we need to be maybe more civil when we're distant, mm-hmm. and more disagreeable <laughs> when we're close. I guess. Yeah, I agree. Um, and that's that's difficult though, as humans.
1: Yeah, it, it is. It, it's it's one of those things that I experience even with students. They will experience a chapel. They might feel frustrated about the chapel or something like that. They'll email me, right, and be really frustrated. And then I'll say something in the email back, I completely hear you. Let's meet. Let's talk about this. Mm. Let's sit down and discuss it more. And uh, more times than not, they're surprised that I'm really thankful for their disagreement that I really think it's beneficial to talk about these disagreements, and I've actually hired a handful of students based on those conversations. <laughs> they 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 are really surprised at the end of the convo when I say, I think you should think about uh, applying for chapel next school right, year. Right. You should consider it because you clearly care. Exactly. And this Dis- is what yep. we're after. Yep. This yep. is what we're after. So I love those conversations. They're very beneficial.
0: Oh, that's a great point. Sometimes when we disagree, it shows how much we care. Yeah. It's just uh, channeling that passion correctly. Yes, uh, one of the things you also do is pick a theme each yep. year for chapel. Yep. Um, you know, d- any? Uh, do you know the historical context of picking themes at Grace? And then those themes are typically tied to a book of the Bible. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about you know the history of that, yeah. uh, how how the process works for the selection of themes, mm-hmm. um, and then about this year's theme together. Yeah, so I don't know exactly when it started. Um, but I know that
1: there was a hope to center uh, the chapel schedule around a book of Scripture. There was certainly very consistent messages coming from Scripture, but to have an opportunity to to center the school year around one book of the Bible was desired. And, and out of that kind of... Uh, brought this this idea of a theme that, that should come out of the book as well so that we could really center around or capture that for the entire campus uh, throughout the school year. And I, I love it. I've, I've talked to several other schools and haven't really found many that hmm. uh, that do that sort of a thing, that, that put in the amount of effort that we do and resources that we do to try to center our entire campus around a theme like that. And, and that just, I mean, no matter where you're at on campus, that brings our thoughts to Scripture it brings our thoughts to be centered on God's Word, uh, and, it, and it's been a really big rally cry for students to grab hold of as well. So I'm really thankful for it, and, and, and it's something I want to continue uh, for years to come. So this year, um, we, we try to go back and forth a little bit. We try to go Old Testament, New Testament, Old Testament, New Testament. That's that's generally the, the, the goal. So we pick a, a book of the Bible, and then after studying that for a long time, try to pick a word or a phrase that, that connects um, to our campus, but but more importantly to that to that book. So this year it's been the book of Ephesians, and there are two main themes that that we saw coming out of the book of Ephesians: unity with Jesus, and then that as a foundation for unity with one another. So based on that, we we decided on the word together, uh, and that's that's been our focus: is is unity and what it means to have unity. Uh, in the midst of our campus and and in the church as well. So really enjoyed that. Our messages out of Ephesians have been amazing. Uh, both of our day of worships, I mentioned day of worship earlier, are focused on that theme. Mm-hmm. So the one in the fall I spoke at and it was focused on unity with Jesus, and then when Shylin comes, he'll focus on unity with one another. So really thankful for that. Uh, so we focused on those two areas, and we've also been trying to emphasize uh, in some really big ways, which is what kind of well, in part, this civil discourse came out of was that unity doesn't mean uniformity. We don't need every person to look, talk, and act the same exact way. We all come from different backgrounds, right? So we want to be able to celebrate that and emphasize that here. And I want, I very much want Chapel to be a part of that. So that also has meant uh, we've had a really big push this year to expand. Our music styles in chapel as well. We're trying to embrace some music styles that we haven't in the past um, that are good styles. Uh, we just haven't done them uh, in the past. So in a lot of different ways, we're trying to emphasize unity doesn't mean uniformity. And yet we're, we're still together, mm. right? We're still together as as one body.
0: So. And when it comes to something like music, uh-huh. uh, it, it may be um, good for you to not only experience something else, but to humble yourself and say, you know what? I don't particularly like this style of music, yeah. um, but I know there are others who enjoy this and I- I'm glad for them that they get the opportunity to worship in a way that is meaningful to them or familiar to them, even though it's unfamiliar to me um, and not as comfortable to me.
1: Yeah. it's it. This theme really has given me a lot more confidence and language to be in front of the students and remind them that chapel is going to be a place for all of our students, not just some of them. Uh, and because of that, we're going to keep trying different music styles and have different speakers uh, from different backgrounds. Um, they fit who we are, but they represent different groups. So I'm really thankful for that and, and feel like we've laid a
0: foundation that's
1: that's going to continue.
0: Yeah, truth is unchanging. Uh-huh. That's right. Um, but the the way we express that truth mm-hmm. – um, should change yep. uh, to meet the needs of of the culture and the world world around us. how have students yeah. um reacted to mm-hmm. doing things differently, maybe uncomfortable for them? Um, how have you seen students wrestle with that and
1: and that's what I'd say they are. they're wrestling with it quite a bit. Uh we, we get feedback, hey, I, d- I didn't know that song, or you know, you're know, you starting to do some styles that we really don't know. Are you sure you want to keep doing that? And it's it's just brought these wonderful conversations for them to consider, yeah, what is it like to put myself in someone else's shoes, uh, to consider things from someone else's perspective, and even for me to, to push them or press on them that – what I see in terms of examples in Scripture is that those who are from a more mainstream part of a culture in that context or a dominant part of that culture or context are the ones that are, are trying to adjust or make changes in order to make others feel welcome, right? So we we adjust, we change, and and those conversations are gold. I mean, to, to push students in that way, to... to Help them be others-centered, right, to not be focused on what's best for them but what's best for everyone or other people. Man, that's that's a wonderful conversation to, to have with them, especially this time in their life when they're trying to think a lot about themselves. What's my major? What's my career? What do I need to get done? To get them outside of that mindset uh, and to consider others. Uh, in a place like Chapel where we have our entire student body in one place mm-hmm. that many times, I mean, that's just great. It's wonderful.
0: Um, So uh, five years from now, (laughs) what would you want Hmm. chapel to look like that is different Hmm. from the way it looks right now? That is a
1: good question. Um, I think students are still getting used to the idea that there's no topic off limits in my mind. Um, So I still am doing a lot of forecasting and explaining and, hey, this is why we're approaching this topic. This is why we are um, going to dive into this topic. So I think one change I'd like to see is is students feeling a little bit more ready or expecting some broad topics in chapel uh, and embracing that. I certainly don't want to be too uh, TED Talk-type format where it's just anything and everything and there's no faith component. Mm-hmm. There always needs to be a faith integration component that comes to it. But I, I think I'm I'm eager to see that embraced a little bit more in, in chapel, knowing that we're still going to have a lot of consistent messages directly from Scripture. Uh, I think the other thing that could be really interesting would be actually to expand student involvement. Uh, I still plan the vast majority of chapels. And that's based on scheduling and when I have to do that and looking ahead to a future school year. If you don't plan far enough ahead, a lot of speakers get booked sooner. But I would love to continue to find ways to get students involved in brainstorming who those speakers are sooner. Uh, And that's been a goal of mine since about year two uh, of this position. So would love to be able to set a schedule in front of uh, the school and, and say, You know, 80, 90% of these speakers were student-driven. You know, Mm. they were reaching out. They were giving me uh, recommendations in that way. We're just not there yet because of scheduling and the way things go.
0: Hmm. Um, So those who maybe are listening and haven't experienced chapel or they experienced chapel 30, 40 years ago (laughs) – you know when is chapel what days is it what times are Mm -hmm. they invited to come uh tell us just a little bit of like kind of the logistics of when when chapel happens and what days and if people are invited.
1: Yep, people are very much invited. We invite the public to every single chapel. So we would welcome anyone and everyone would love to have visitors come. And I would even love to, to meet them. I love when visitors come up and introduce themselves to me and I get a chance to talk with them a little bit about chapel. So love that. Chapel is Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and I say it's most weeks. There's a week at the beginning usually, and a week at the end where we don't have chapel because of finals or things starting. So most every week, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 1030 to 1120 in the Manahan Orthopedic Capital Center, we have chapel. So if you're on campus during that time and you're wondering where it is, you can just look for the sea of people that are all heading in one (laughs) direction. Crossing the street, yes, at the same time. So if you get on campus close to that time, you can't miss where it is because there's a lot of people heading that direction. But Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Manhattan Orthopedic Capital Center from 1030 to 1120.
0: And are there other ways where people can see the schedule mm-hmm. or see who, who is speaking um, or engage with chapel? And then, you know, if they have an idea or a thought, connect with you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, reaching out to me is great through the student affairs office. Uh, they can get hold of me Uh they can give them my email through there or my contact info through You have this. a
0: very easily spelled name, yeah, right? Mencarelli. I was trying right? to avoid that to try and
1: actually <laughs> give that to them. Um, we post all our YouTubes on YouTube, all our YouTubes, all our chapels on YouTube. Uh, so if you go to the Grace College YouTube page, you'll find our, our chapels there. Uh, and they're all video recorded, so you'll see video and audio there. And there's some great speakers there. So that's a good way to to connect with us that way. Um, And yeah, if you're
0: on campus to reach out to us while you're here. Thank you for joining us today. I appreciate you taking time out from your busy schedule on campus and in the tree stand. I Um, cannot wait to get you in a tree stand.
1: (laughs) I I want that to be my last. I cannot wait to get you in a tree stand. Well,
0: I will make this commitment on air that I will do that sometime. Just make it (laughs) after after 4 a.m. I will do that sometime. That's what I heard. I will. I will. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Grace Story podcast. Music was written and produced by Dr. Wally Brath, Assistant Professor of Worship Arts at Grace College. And thanks to our co-producers, Andrew Palladino and Rick Neer. If you can do us a huge favor and rate, comment, share this podcast wherever you retrieved it from, we would be so grateful. Until next time, live your best Grace Story today.